You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round 13. This episode is brought to you by... Zeus, who has clearly chosen his team for the Hudson River Derby. Uh, no, no, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, no, actually brought to you by the amazing Patreon community of the MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by our co-hosts, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. Uh, I'd also like to uh, early introduce our planned special guest for tonight, Ryan Anderson, aka MLS Fantasy Stats on Twitter. He'll be joining us a little bit later. He had some personal issues to tend to that came up before the start of the show. So uh, he is going to join us as soon as he is able. But there's your preview of uh, who's going to join us. If you're not following Ryan on Twitter, go and do that at MLS Fantasy Stats. He has some great information that pops up. He focuses on uh, clean sheet chances. So if that's an area you struggle in, as I have this year, then perhaps you should pay more attention to, to Ryan and his stuff. So it's, it's really good. How are you all doing tonight? I'm good. I'm great. Excellent. Excellent. A quick turnaround. I'll go ahead and get that out at the beginning of the show. We'll mention it several times, but I want to mention it right now. Games start Tuesday, which is tomorrow if you're listening to our live broadcast on YouTube. And it's today if you have downloaded this episode for the podcast. Perhaps maybe even tomorrow. I'm going to try to get this out as soon as I can. So you may be listening to this to Monday, Monday evening. Uh, but games start on Tuesday. So you need to have your team set. It is a massive double game week. Um, so it's, it's going to be very important to make sure you have all of your pieces lined up and ready to go. And that's going to be our focus of the show tonight. So uh, we'll try to get through some of the early stuff as quick as we can to just be able to focus on what I know you all are definitely, definitely super interested in. So let's start out just quick team recaps uh, from round 12, which, which was kind of crazy with this Red Bulls delay and everything that that caused. So Blaine, how'd you do? Uh, 86 points, uh, not the most thrilled by that. That was enough to kind of maintain pace. I moved up a little bit in the qualifier, but it wasn't enough to get top 50. Um, I really got hurt by the Red Bulls issue. I was going heavy there and I was out with some friends. We were doing a homebrew thing and just couldn't get to the lineup. Didn't realize there was going to be a massive weather delay that ended up canceling the game, which really hurt. Thankfully, MLS unlocked the players so we could make changes at the last minute to that final game. Didn't help me too much. None of the guys I went for really did, did anything. I did grab Debasi because I had four openings and I needed three guys. And so I Debasi hit me nine, but I got eight points from the other three Sounders I grabbed. So overall, um, I love my overall rank right now. I'm top 150 in the game, but... Uh, Champions League, I didn't qualify again. So here we've got to start over and try this again. Ashley, what about you? Yeah, um, I got an 83. I got burned kind of bad with some of my defenders that I chose willingly, um, but just didn't hit for me. And then um, Reed's bad juju on Barrios got him a whopping two. Um, You know, I really liked that Colorado-San Jose game and it just did not um, pan out. I also got in kind of a 
a tricky spot with my Red Bull players. And I was glad that they unlocked it, but also only having one game to switch to just kind of hurt me a little bit. Um, but 83, I'm not too mad at. I was 113 for Champions League, so definitely missed out for round two. Um, but I also moved up a little bit. Uh, and I'm still not quite where I would like to be, but hopefully the second half of the season will be a little better. Yeah, so for myself, I got 85 points, which which was fine. I won a couple of my head-to-heads. Uh, lost the the host invitational though, so that was that was always a, a, a just a heartburn for myself there. But uh, 85 points, okay. I saw a lot of people getting getting 90s. Uh, if you're in chat with us right now, go ahead and and tell me um, how you all did with with your scores. I'd love to see. I saw some people talking about on Twitter how they made Champions League and that thanking us for the help that we give. Uh, if you made Champions League and you listen to the podcast, I'm so excited if you feel that that we helped you all. Um, I, I love to see that kind of feedback on Twitter. But like I said, I got 85. I, I mean, my, my switches didn't really come through as much as I had hoped. I mean, I got seven off the bench with Jones. I got six off the bench with Mihailovic. Which was which was fine. My keeperoo really got messed up by by the New York games. I think for a lot of people did. Uh, Alubakar didn't quite hit for me with with Colorado. I ended up leaving Paolo in uh, for for Seattle. He was going to be some sort of little switch guy that I had, but again, the, the Red Bulls changes impacted that. And then Pozuela didn't quite come in for me. Uh, big props though to to Ashley and a little bit of blame. He talks some too uh, when we had sort of our pregame chat with our, our final tweaks and ended up bringing in Bo, uh, especially after I saw that that Atlanta lineup. I was like, yeah, I won't miss some of that. And Ashley and I were talking a lot about that as well. So I uh, got got the seven points from Bo there and decided to bring in Mukhtar at the very end when I saw him playing up top again with Sapong and 19 points. If this is exactly what we were talking about last week, if you were really close and you were looking for a differential I, I, if you captained Mukhtar, message in chat right now, respond, send me something on Twitter, whatever. I just want to know because uh, that was a gutsy move. Definitely not high on the radar of, of a captain, but a differential for sure that if, if you had Mukhtar as your captain, he definitely maybe got you into Champions League with, with 19 points. That's, that would have been awesome. But um, in general, it was okay. Uh, I think you were really looking for something in the 90s to to climb, but 80s could have gotten you there as well, depending on how everybody else got impacted by Red Bulls. Uh, for Ryan, he did share his score. He also got 85. He is uh, week, week rank 339. Um, for me, my week rank was 293. And, uh, and then he also said he squeaked into the Fantasy Champions League by one point. Um, and he is overall rank 44. So uh, you can be high up there. This this shows you. I love this element of the game. And, and because it's it's sort of like this little mini head to head in some ways. But I mean, Ryan, who is a uh, top 50 player overall, just barely made it into the Champions League in the second round. So uh, it's it's tough. It's it's fun and it's tough. And it's definitely a nice element to the game. That last week was the final round of the second qualifier for the Champions League. Uh, the next qualifier, three of four. The third qualifier is going to be rounds 13 through 17. So uh, that's the next little chunk that we're working with right here. And uh, we'll see what happens. This is this is what you're shooting for. You've uh, been 
got two weeks under your belt now. If you're like me, you had a nice little value building round. And then round two was definitely a bit more maybe frustrating for some people than, than we had hoped. But this is it. Round three. Time to shine, everybody. Let's let's go through there, push it and, and make it into the Champions League. Um, talk a little bit about round 12 already, but let's talk about some of the general fantasy surprises or takeaways that we have. Ashley. Yeah, I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise, but the teams with more call-ups and injuries definitely struggled this week. Seattle, yikes. Um, Galaxy, yikes. NYCFC not looking their best. DC got hit with more injuries somehow. Um, And then, you know, Atlanta, we talked about this last week, lots of people hurt or gone. Um, So I think that those call-ups and injuries are going to definitely play a factor in a double game week. Um, And then I kind of pose this as a question to you guys. Do we think New England's hitting a slump? They're changing their midfield a little. They're slowing down a lot. I would have expected a lot more from them at Atlanta this week than I saw in fantasy and in general. Um, So I'm starting to wonder if they might be hitting a similar slump that it seems like Seattle might be hitting. Um, but I'm not quite ready to, to leave some of those guys behind yet. Uh, and then, of course, we love to see it. We love to hear it. Vela making, making a great return. 12 points isn't anything to, like, jaw drop over, but he looked great. He scored. Missed PK. Who cares? Um, finally, a really good game out of him, which makes, makes me giddy. Yeah, Blaine, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't think New England's really hitting the slump. I think this is the wrong week to ask to. They, this, that was their first win in four games in their last four. Yeah. Um, but they played some good teams in there. I know one of those was Columbus. Uh, another one was Toronto, and they came out firing with both Paz and Soteldo out there. And it was a high-scoring game. I think they're just missing guys. Turner's not back there in goal. Yep. Buchanan's gone. Buchanan's been one of their hot young players. So he may be gone permanently here after Gold Cup too, but yeah, I just I think there is a little bit of rotation. But even the best yeah. teams in the league, and Seattle does this every year too. They have a couple of those games where they lose when they shouldn't. That's just the parity in MLS. You get some mm-hmm. guys that you pay a lot of money, and they get tired legs or whatever. They you run them into the ground, fixture congestion, rotation, mm-hmm. all of that hits. Every team in MLS goes through it, but the fantasy scores are still coming in. I don't think this is a time to bail and wait for them to bounce back. Uh, Heel has not been on the dream team for three weeks, but he's put up. He's on the bench. He's on the bench on some. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's gotten some respectable scores. He's had a couple of duds. Every, every premium player does that. Even when Valeri was an all-time captain, Mm -hmm. he still put up a couple of fours, fives, and a three every once in a while. Bell is the same way. We had ACV, but even then, he'd still drop a three on you every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. You you live with the good times and you live with the bad times. You just, you go with it. So I don't think it's a slump. I'm still high on him. But man, Mukhtar is challenging for that captain's armband right now. He's, the last two games, he has gone off for four goals and an assist. And he's been a paired striker with CJ Sapong up top. And I said it last week, and I hope you listen to me. If Cadiz is in there, you want to go. You want to think about going with Leal. If Cadiz is not in there, you want to stick with Mukhtar. 
And as long as it's Mukhtar and CJ up top, I think you're going to have to stick with them. Uh, for those that missed it, go look at the highlights. Starting in, I think, about the 11th minute, Mukhtar got his first one. And by the 17th minute, he had a hat trick. Like, he scored three in six minutes. That's unreal. Um, but more concerning to me, fantasy-wise, are San Jose and Vancouver. These are two teams we've been betting against a little bit. And they showed mm-hmm. up in a big way this week. San Jose getting a point okay. in Colorado. And Vancouver at home, they should do a little bit more. But beating beating the Galaxy is not a bad yeah. thing. I just – I think Galaxy's defense is really that bad. Um, I've been yeah. kind of picking against them a lot. I think this is a team that you really need to pay attention to, and you've got to pick against the Galaxy defense, especially with the absences they have now. They are not holding the ball as well teams are getting more offensive pressure against them and it's a great team to bet against pretty much every week if you've got a good offense going against them I, I've been doing that all season to a little bit Nat right now it's go gung-ho against them um, on the other end though FC Cincinnati wow like right look at the scoring look at the scoring like I don't I don't it it has less to do about um, the Hell, end result real. and everything to do yeah. with the four goals. Um, I know Reed will talk about it, but I rated the Montreal defense really high. I've liked the way they've played. I think Montreal mm-hmm. defense has done well throughout the season. I play, I play draft heavily. Montreal defenders have gone up in value. People are holding on to them. They've burned me a couple of times this season. Montreal's got a pretty solid defense. And Cincinnati just dropped four on them. And that's that's insane. Um, I'm looking at that Cincy offense more and more every every week. And I know it's a tough beat to take, but that was such a such a revelation for offensive fantasy points right there. Yep. And then Orlando's better with Galese. I talked about yep. it a little bit. The defense instantly turns back around and becomes one of those defenses you can start picking guys on instead of bailing from. I ended up bailing on my Toronto players when I saw that Glace was back and starting. I wasn't sure mm-hmm. what that was going to happen. I switched over to Nani, who I think beat out Soteldo by a single point. So yeah. I, went the, I went the other way. It paid off. Soteldo still got a respectable seven on that game. But it wasn't the same Toronto offense that just dropped three on New England. Orlando, if it was that same one without Glace, I bet that would have been a four or five goal game. But Galese really solidifies everything back there. Uh, we had a question in chat, Blaine. They wanted you to explain a little bit more about why Lille with uh, Cadiz. I think it's style and then <laughs> results. Uh, you look at how hot Lille was to start the season, and that a lot yeah. of that came with him playing off of Cadiz. Um, I think it's it's more just what we've seen so far, and we see we saw most of Lille's points come in that type of situation with the single striker up top, he had a little mm-hmm. bit more room to work. Mukhtar was more bottled up in the middle. It's just, it, it's the way those guys play. I think if you're, yeah. if you're playing Leal Cadiz and Mukhtar at the same time, you want Leal. If you're playing CJ Leal and Mukhtar at the same time, you want Mukhtar. It's just, it's the way those go. It's one of the big tells I think we've had from that team on who to pick and when. 
and we'll keep watching it as it goes and see what the rotation does. I'm not sure Cadiz is going to break back into the starting lineup at this point. Uh, CJ is doing everything they want him to do, so it may be a move. He's a DP, though, right? I Cadiz? Think... I could be wrong, and someone will correct me, but it's, it's going to take might... a He was going. I, I give him a couple more games. He's got to break back oh, no. in. I don't know if you're dropping four and five on people. Yeah. Sure, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And you got a pairing that's working this well. I, I know. I, I think he is. He might be one of those young DPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's Tyler in chat saying Cadiz is a DP. So yeah, I expect you to but can't bench a DP. They just signed another DP attacking player, another DP striker. In yeah. Akiloba. So who knows what's gonna happen with that? Sure. So take what I'm saying now with the grand assault because it's gonna change, yeah. but I I just Leal and Cadiz seem to have this this natural chemistry and work off of each other, and Leal sure. finds space in that formation. He does it mm-hmm. when the other guys are out there. Yeah, and I'll follow that up to say that when you look at not just who someone's playing with, but where they're at positionally, make sure to double check what that formation looks like because sometimes the app will say it different. I have no idea, and I'll never understand why every team doesn't put their graphics out. And for lineup in a way that shows you the four, but whatever. Um, but to double check it, because we talk about this a lot, you know, like if he'll at a 10, you have to have him if he's out on the wing, blah, blah, blah. So to double check that formation, I think makes a big difference when we're talking about stuff like this. And to pile on to people about their graphics, uh, Miami's graphics are garbage. I hate animated graphics. The worst. I the hate worst. them. I hate them. They're yeah. garbage. And so what's the point? If, if they actually had players that we'd want, I would, I, at the beginning, I tried to screenshot it and repost it, but just betting no. against Miami now, so it's not worth it. But yes, yep. animated graphics are garbage. Unless they start with like, here's everybody, and then one at a time. I like that. That's fine. But still, I need a static okay. picture. That's, yep. that's a, a total fantasy Silver Spoon rant, I feel like. Uh, let's move on. A uh, combination <laughs> of things that Ryan and I had. Uh, I, I like Ryan. I like the way Ryan phrases. Whoever told Ryan that New York Red Bulls would fail <laughs> to get a clean sheet this round, they were technically correct, which, as we all know, is the best kind of correct. Um, yeah, no, so the Red Bulls game, definitely uh, absolute crazy, had a huge impact. Um, I'll share one thing from our chat. Blaine had said that it looked like Turner was uh, the better way to go. And I didn't think that was fair because hindsight 2020 and you can't predict weather. So, no, no, but, I, you I, definitely, no. but you definitely got the, the keeper-roo, switcheroo ability no, was, if you went That with, was nothing to do with New York not playing. That was Knighton played the first game and got nine points, and he's cheaper. Okay. I got, yeah. I got you. I, I misunderstood that. I was done. Yeah. No, no, no. I I jumped off of that because I had three Red Bulls in other positions, and so that's where I was like, that's yeah. not fair, Blaine. Uh, but no. So you guys both mentioned it. How you sort of appreciate it. Saw a question on Discord that I wanted to touch on very quickly. Uh, there was some frustration about this because. When it first happened, everybody was locked, as we expected they would have been with, with their kickoff. And then they got this postponement, and everyone sort of thought that they would just be do-not plays and that benches would be switched in for them. And then they became open, and a lot of us, when we found that out, uh, I tried to send that message out as soon as I could. We made switches yeah. and swapped out those players and, and did some things um, to try to just take some chances on basically Seattle or – or Minnesota at that point. Um, but some people were frustrated by that. And what do you all think real quick? Do you think that 
those players should have been locked as did not plays and then be switcheroo or that they should have been opened up to allow players to switch them out. I think if you go on what we're used to, they should have just been do not plays. if that makes sense, right? Like yeah. it, it's usually, especially in a week where there's only one game left. I, I know it's happened before where they've let us swap, um, but I can't remember the last time that it was. And this just seemed like a situation where, and that isn't even like my preference. I preferred to be able to move them around. It just didn't end up helping me very much. What we're used to is they just lock. And I think that that would have, been a better situation but I also understand that MLS takes forever to call a game like this so I don't think that you know they officially canceled in an appropriate enough amount of time but who knows don't you blame yeah I think they should have stayed locked I now we've got a comment in chat saying they opened up immediately when the game didn't didn't start but I don't remember that I was looking at stuff Mine were locked because I, I think they were locked. They had a dash through their score. It wasn't until I realized that the game wasn't going to be played on Sunday that I was like, okay, let's just panic swap in, out my two scrubs. Let's go grab two Seattle guys and hope for the best because I'm going to take three do not plays for New York. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can switch these guys. And so I just jumped in and grabbed who I could. But I, I hate it. I really do hate it. It's not yeah, fair. It needs to be an announcement. There's never a chance to really make that work well and it's just if you happen to get lucky and see that they unlocked probably sometime on Sunday you just you got lucky and you got hopefully got a few extra points otherwise they should have stayed locked that's the only way to keep the integrity of the game together I I love that I was able to get extra points for it but it feels dirty with if only about 10 percent of the player base got it yeah yeah, I agree. I think they should have uh, remained locked. I'm not sure if they were unlocked immediately, like Sam said. I, I think for a while they at least were definitely locked. Hey, we're joined by Ryan now. Ryan, we're talking about uh, the Red Bulls, if we think that they should have remained, do not play, or if they should have been unlocked for switches. Um, no, I agree. I, I think they should have been been locked, been do not play, and then just the bench would have come in. I think that's how we operate on teams lock at kickoff at published kickoff uh we know it's never actually kickoff and and even if something i I get it it was a fan i don't know if it was a fantastic gesture from mls or if it was just a quirk from fan hub or whoever's doing that um and i didn't mind myself i I made some changes and and got to utilize Mm -hmm. some bench things so uh it, it was fine but i think it would have been more appropriate and more in the spirit of the rules to have let them be do not play and they go from there anything to add ryan I'm going to be like Switzerland and stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is completely from your first topic right there. People being technically correct. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, Ashley touched on, on Vela, but do you want to expand upon uh, XG power rankings and, and the Nashville offense? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So um, I do mostly for myself. Oh, where's my camera? There we go. I'll actually put the, the video in front of my camera so I can see everybody. Um, so yeah, I actually do uh, rankings every week for mostly myself, but uh, occasionally I publish them. Uh, this time I was I was looking at the uh, the rankings that I do. Uh, I I weight. This is based off of expected goals, and I weight uh, by recency so that the the first game is worth only half what the last game is, and it kind of gradients up to uh, 
uh, to the current period. And uh, Nashville's offense is top five, according to these stats. So I'm just, I mean, Seattle, Seattle's often, excuse me, uh, Kansas City's offense is light years above everybody else at the moment in my stats, but uh, Nashville's up there in that tier two uh, offense side of things. So that was something that I thought was really, really cool. And then Ville is back. Yeah. 12, he did 12 it. points? Yeah, 12 with a missed PK. With a missed PK, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and LAFC is really starting to look good, in my opinion. Um, I, they're just a, a pleasure to watch. They don't cross the ball, which is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> maybe not fantastic for those who like the crossing bonus points, but um, for soccer aficionados, it's uh, yeah. for, for their win chances, it's better that they don't cross, sure. in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, they have – actually, LAFC right now has the best defense, though, by XG, the, the weighted recency stuff. So, they, their offense wow. is top five, and their defense is the best in the league. And I'm like, okay, dude, they're back. They're back. Yeah. I banked on that last week when I had to swap around some keepers to hopefully try to get some, some points, and they did not come through for me, but that's fine. I did also have Bella, so <laughs> – uh, the only thing I'll add before we move on is I'll expand upon what Blaine was saying. Yeah, FC Cincinnati, a huge face palm right there. Uh, but all of that is a hundred percent, a hundred percent in the defensive unit. Um, yeah, Mir is is not. I mean, to compare him to Teton, I, I think they're both right there at like in the gutter. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't care care for much but we also were missing Cameron as well and Hagelin came in and I've never been a huge Hagelin fan I, I didn't like that acquisition um, he's from Cincinnati so I understand the ties but he seemed to have been on the outs and on the just in the slump at Toronto and so I don't think there's ever been really a recovery from there so that's what it all was it was just atrocious defense it was fantastic to see Brenner go off get the first brace in the club history yeah and actually score since the beginning of the season, which he was brought in to score. I know we mentioned a week yep. or two ago how how Skyler was going to rank him really high, and I was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to actually see some goals from there, uh, and, and just some of that offensive production, which which seems possible when, when all those pieces are are clicking. But yeah, the defense is definitely in a bad spot right now for Cincinnati. Uh, but I believe the article I saw, or at least a blurb I saw from from uh, Matt Doyle, said that Cincinnati are actually favored coming up against Atlanta. So uh, could be some more chat about oh. them coming up. We, we shall see. Uh, but let's see here. That's, that's what we have right now. Let's move on to our housekeeping section. All right, we're talking housekeeping section. If you're just joining us right now for the show, we've got Ryan Anderson here from MLS Fantasy Stats, and we're talking about round 13, which, again, so important, the fast turnaround. This this week starts tomorrow. Uh, this It starts Tuesday, July 20th with Vancouver versus Houston. It's, it's a crazy turnaround. You want to be sure you have everything in order. Uh, but before we get to some of the, the details of this, I want to highlight our league champions are not champions yet uh our league <laughs> leaders right now maybe champions uh for our classic leagues mls fantasy boss and the reddit league um uh Nawajoa is leading both of those discord we have samurai panda who is leading and then over at the patreon open we still have uh garth butchers who's leading i think that's the same from last week 
Uh, and then down in our head-to-heads, uh, Garth is leading both the Discord and the Patreon head-to-heads right there. Uh, in Discord, mm-hmm. got a score of 11-0-1. Three people have that same score, but Garth is winning on points. And then in Patreon, again, a three-way tie uh, at 10-0-2, but Garth is winning on points again. And then over in the MLS Fantasy Insider Invitational, the host Invitational, uh, it is Vamos Charlotte FC, our good friend Mito, who beat me this week, uh, 10-0-2. So that was, uh, he is a solid win right there. I think Skyler is second, um, and I don't have my tab open up after that. I know Sherry's pretty high up there as well. Uh, but congrats to everyone who's winning in those leagues. And if you all don't know who are listening, if you're new, uh, those are prize leagues that we hand out MLS gift cards, the MLS store. So uh, these people are in the running, not just these people, top three. In, the, in a lot of these leagues, not everything, mm-hmm. uh, but in most of these leagues, top three will get prizes. So it's fun, fun times. Yeah. Anyway, back to round 13. Yes, Tuesday, <laughs> July 20th. It is a massive, massive yeah. double game week. Almost every team is on a double game week. It is easier, friends, for me to tell you who is not playing a double game mm-hmm. instead of then who is playing a double game. Your only single game week teams for round 13 are Austin and Minnesota and nobody is on a buy. So everyone's playing. Everybody else is playing two games. Austin and Minnesota are your two single game week teams. So if you're looking for switcheroos, those are the teams you're going to want to utilize Uh, for the rest of the team. The double home game teams that we have are Chicago, Miami, New York city FC and real salt Lake. And our double away game teams are Houston, LA Galaxy, Montreal, New York Red Bulls, and Philadelphia. Uh, if you're new to the show, that's just the quick, quick nomenclature we have. The teams who are playing twice at home, the teams who are playing twice on the road, which uh, home field advantage is real in MLS, and that can be a factor in who you may want to pick. Uh, as I mentioned, the switcheroos, Minnesota is probably your best option for your switcheroo candidates, depending on how you have the rest of your team set up. And the only reason I say that is one, they're they're the latest team playing of the two single game week teams. Uh, But if you have a Minnesota player that will technically give you, they play at Saturday at eight, that will technically allow you to see the result of both Atlanta and Columbus games before you want to decide if you want to utilize a switcheroo or a, something with your field, changing up your a, a buy player to, or another buy player, changing up one of your Minnesota players uh, for forcing a, a, an auto or anything like there. But um, if you don't have Atlanta players, which you probably won't, or don't have Columbus players, maybe there's some, there's some options there. Uh, then that may not be what you want to look for, but either way, Austin and Minnesota players can help you uh, utilize any switcheroos that you want to have or keep roos. Uh, with that, Blaine, let's head over to you for uh, the call-ups. We have the Gold Cup in full swing right now. And any other injuries or, or cards that you want to point out? Um, Kappelhoff got a red card for Chicago, which hurts their yeah, defense. I, did. I didn't hear any other red cards. I was a little busy this week, so I didn't see it. Ariaga got a um, yellow card accumulation for Seattle, which based on current fitness means they're out of center backs. So take that as you will. Okay. Um, the only crazy one I have, <laughs> the only crazy one I have to announce is it just came across the Sporting Wire that Vermes and two players are in the health and safety protocols, and so oh. there we could be down coach and two players for that game. 
And on top of that, I'm hearing Felipe Hernandez is out on personal issues that the team is not talking about. Um, okay. Just, I think it's his, it's his announcement to make and he's, they're just waiting on him. Mm. But so they could be down three players on top of Polito and Busio for the, for the first part or the whole game week. So make then, that what you will. Heinz Eich is out for DC. He got hurt and it's, I retweeted that out for me earlier that, Sounds like that's going to be a pretty gnarly one. So I okay. don't anticipate he'll feature this week either. Now, health and safety is this, this is a COVID? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Vermes is on record saying that everybody in the technical staff and players are vaccinated. So who knows mm-hmm. what that is? They're just saying health and safety. I don't know exactly what they're referring to, but that's probably yeah. it. Okay, well, that was that's my guess, but it's it's not specific. So just wanted to, to double check and see yeah. see about that. So okay, good. Uh, Ryan, anything you've heard you want to add in there? No, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, if you time to tonight, <laughs> if you want to get the full list, you can head over to uh, Discord, the MLS Fantasy <laughs> Boss Discord. Uh, you can get yeah. an easy invite and access to that by heading over to mlsfantasyboss.com slash discord. Uh, and there's the link to join and you can go up to the pin section, top right corner, a little thumbtack thumb pin icon. And you can click on that and you can see some of the pin posts, which include the the massive, what's the, what's the official name of this document, Blaine? The mega reference the mega reference yeah. that's what it is the mega reference yeah. uh, we need some sort of like sound effect right here mega. um exactly we need the mega reference which has uh set piece takers and it has call-ups and it has injuries and it has so it's lots of stuff right there so go ahead and check that out at the fantasy boss discord uh let's see i don't see any other expectation or expectation don't see any other information coming from chat so we're going to move on now to our third segment our player picks Okay, it's time for our third segment, our player picks. Uh, we have Ryan, who has joined us uh, from a little bit late start, but he is here now to share the information that that he has. Uh, he is, I think you're the highest ranked of us, Ryan, at 44. Um, and I mentioned yeah. at the beginning of the show that even with that great rank, you only squeaked into <coughs> the Champions League this this week. So yeah, uh, it's tough. This is a tough game. So what games are you guys looking at? There's so many, but what do you think are some of the most promising, Ashley? Yeah, I tried not to piggyback on some ones that you guys had already put in the document by the time I got to it. But um, I like LASC against Vancouver. I know Blaine referenced briefly in the in the recap that Vancouver and, uh, you know, that San Jose defense might not be as bad as we think. But I'm still really here for that game. Um, I'm also here for the Nashville-Cincinnati game. Um, and then I know it's going to sound crazy coming for me, but if you're looking at any of the single game week teams, I am really here for the Austin Seattle game from a non Seattle perspective. Seattle's going to come into that really shorthanded with that Ariaga yellow card, probably changing formation, probably not getting anybody back. Um, you know, it's in that new home stadium. So with a double game week like this, I'm in no way advising anyone to not pick a double game week player. Um, but if you just want to be that crazy, I, um, I anticipate that to not go the way of the founders. I think we're about to get a, you know, a, a double L, um, and the very least, I think some Austin players could, could pop well in fantasy, but again, that's a gamble I'm not willing to take in a week like this. So 
And then even with the red card, I'm kind of interested in Chicago at home. Um, Chicago's a team I try to just stay away from, and then I regret it when I miss the guys that pop. But they've done their best at home this this year. Um, so with the, the matchups they have aren't cakewalks, but I'm, I'm paying attention to both their home games for sure. Blaine. Yeah, uh, one of the first games that stood out to me is RSL versus LA Galaxy. Galaxy's defense is bad. The holding midfielders are gone. RSL should run up a pretty decent score on this one. Um, just I got to look at that game for some coverage. Um, I honestly like Cincinnati versus Atlanta in that opener. Um, with the way Cincinnati's offense has been clicking lately, Atlanta's missing so many players. I I think this is a safe week where you could go for some offensive firepower there for Cincinnati. Second game isn't quite as enticing playing at Nashville. That's not a game they usually do well in, but I'll take them on that front leg against uh, reeling Atlanta with or without Joseph coming back. I mean, you're not, you're not always looking at defenders here for that one, Mm -hmm. especially if Joseph's back, but no, I'll take, I'll take that game for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got LAFC versus Vancouver in there, and then I've got Chicago versus DC. I think you've got a you got an interesting time of it both ways. Um, mm-hmm. DC's missing a few players. Heinzeich just took an injury. It's just it's kind of up in the air to see what the lineup does. I think this one is heavily lineup dependent, but I can see goals come in both directions. Um, it's your defenses are picked apart. Gressel's still a monster. Barrett should start scoring at some point. Somebody he got traded in draft league, and somebody said he always comes on strong in the second half of the season. They're betting on it, so whatever they over, I think they overpaid for him in draft, but they they have a hunch that he's going to go. So I'll share that hunch um, there to the second half guy. It's just Ali Seda and Madran are the two guys that we've been watching for Chicago lately, and against this DC team, I think there's a ton of goals to be had in this game which means it's going to go 0-0, zero, zero, but I think this is one that if you're looking at either one of these teams, that's the game you're looking at. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you guys already said. Uh, Ohio versus Atlanta is how I put it in my notes. Uh, I think Atlanta's yeah. a team that we're targeting right now, so so there's some options for from both of those teams there, but I do agree that also Nashville-Cincinnati looks, looks tempting as well. Like Toronto-Chicago in both New England games are some of the ones that I'm looking at. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Well, uh, let's see. What did I put in my notes? Uh, <laughs> So uh, the way that I'm looking at this is uh, I had I basically did a, 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 a panic run of my stats today. And so that's what I know right now is just the stats. I don't know who's missing from any teams or anything. But I was most interested in the Kansas City versus uh, San Jose game because that one is uh, has the highest predicted scoreline uh, from at least my XG stats. Now, again, with players missing potentially that could change, but San Jose has a potential to go off and they've got over an expected goal um, in my stats. And then, like I said before, Kansas City's offense is the best in the league by a long shot. And uh, I think that they're, they are set up to drop three at least on San Jose. So um, that's, that's the one that I'm interested in, at least from a scoring perspective. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Nashville versus Cincinnati, I thought would be an interesting one. Um, I know Cincinnati has become 
a little better, I guess you could say. Let me just look at the rankings. Okay, they are now not the worst team in the league in my rankings. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> San Jose holds that honor now. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they're still down there. Uh, their offense, though, is is slightly above average. Um, and so I think that they maybe could score some. Uh, Nashville's got probably a top five defense still though. And Nashville's again, top five offense. So uh, I expect Nashville to win pretty handily, but at the same time, Cincinnati could put up a decent fight there. So I think that one's going to be a real fun one, uh, a real fun one to watch. Excellent. Well, let's move on to some actual player picks. So let's start Mm -hmm. out with keepers and defenders. Blaine, who are you looking at? Yeah, this one, this week was tough. I'm not really high on any clean sheet chances this week. Um, I just, I don't see, I don't see a lot of clean sheets coming. So take that for what it is. Um, I threw out some team names that I like. Um, if Joseph isn't playing, which it's a big, if Cincinnati's on my list for that first game, I like, I just, I like that matchup well enough that I would be willing to take somebody like a Cameron who has gotten bonus points a little bit, uh, like RSL, Columbus, New England, and SKC. But my bigger note is take your bonus point, guys, this week. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to clean sheet hunt. Go for your bonus points, and let's see what happens. Um, keepers, I'm depending on the lineups, I'm going to take one of the Vancouver or Houston guys tomorrow night. I'm just going to throw whoever it is on the bench and see what happens. It's not really a good um, keeperoo week. I just don't see it. I don't like it. So I'm going to take somebody cheap and then I'm rolling into somebody and it'll get, it'll depend on formations. I think Melia should be with the gold cup. I don't think he is available. he still has a green dot, but I thought he got pulled into the gold cup squad. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it was just on the mm-hmm. prelim. I may mm-hmm. be off, but Melia's there, Kansas city, whoever they've got. I'm, I'm horribly out of touch right now. Um, but that one's there. I really didn't like anything. I was kind of looking cheap. Um, Knighton's another one playing Miami. Miami's not scoring. It is a road game, but Knighton's cheap. Mm-hmm. I just with double game weeks, you kind of go for your cheap goalkeeper and hope for the best. Or maybe it's you grab Stuver and try to get the bonus point generation. There's there's some options here, but really it is just pick whichever home match you like or whoever's going to get the bonus points and go with it. I like Kansas City against San Jose for that one. The, the second game, not so much. I don't see any place where I really find two guys I like. Yeah. <laughs> Room maybe, but I just don't see any two game set that I'm really in love with. So I'm probably going to go cheap and just hope for the best. As far as defenders go, uh, I threw Fontas out there and Mensa. Both of those guys are bonus point machines. If Joseph's not playing, it's probably Cameron. If Joseph is playing, I may look at uh, Brandon Bay for New England. Uh, he gets some bonus points every once in a while. It just, it, it really is kind of up in the air at this point. Yamar for uh, Seattle, maybe another one potential set piece threat. Um, but I just, I don't know on that third one. Ashley. Yeah, I'm going to echo the same thing. And I think Ryan and Reed will too. I, for me, it's not about clean sheet hunting this week. I mean, if I get one great, but um uh, And I know we only get one game, which should help for the clean sheet hunting. But for me, there's not a lot of players that I see getting one in both. Um, So it's just hoping that they get one in one. Uh, I 
am going to go with the Houston defender. Um, I will just continue to think that Vancouver is ultimate garbage for life. Um, I know they beat the Galaxy, but I'm always willing to bet against that offense, especially with Cavallini gone. Um, so I am going to put Merrick on my bench and see what happens. Um, I might roll the Knighton. I also might do the Stuber play. I really do think that that's a good look for Austin. Um, but I'll just kind of see how it goes with March, just depending on what I need to do. Um, I like Moon Juan still. I, I hopped on that early because I just needed to throw someone on my bench, and it's worked out every week that I've had him. Um, he's really getting up there with the attack. Looks really good on the right side of LAFC, and they're finally clicking. So um, he's someone that I definitely want to start this week. I'm looking at Callens from NYCFC. Um, I know someone immediately is going to write, what about Tinnerholm? Also, Tinnerholm, great for you. Um, I've liked how Callens has looked recently, which is why I'm more inclined to go with him. Um, I like Fontes from SKC as well. I could see them getting a shutout in either of those games. I know you might not want to travel to Seattle, but um, it's a different looking Seattle this weekend. Um, and then I'm also considering Brandon By. I, I think I saw something that said Jones might not be. Did we talk about this in chat? We, we talked about this, didn't we? I missed it. I think Jones took an injury in the game. Yeah. So, so we're not sure if he'll go both, but Brandon by usually does. Um, so if you're going to go for new England, which I, which I am considering, he's someone that, that I might throw on my team as well. All right. Ryan, who do you want to add? Well, I've got, uh, I've started to do things a little bit differently. I I'm getting to the point where I'm, I've got a few stats, uh, a few stats models, mildly up and running this year and so some of these names might be a little bit different than your guys's but um i actually do think that there's i let's put it this way clean sheet hunting is not the way that i would call it uh i <laughs> i hear that chuckle um i do prefer to stick to the top at least in this perspective 50 percent or so of defenses uh that are available but like you said, it's, there's not as many that have two really good chances of getting a clean sheet. Uh, sometimes, so I just published out on my Twitter account uh, that uh, it's at MLS Fantasy Stats. Uh, I just published the, uh, the clean sheet chances. And so the chances of one team getting at least one clean sheet, the highest that we have is LAFC in New York City, New York City, um, at like 65%. And other double game weeks, I've seen as high as like 75% or something like that. So this is certainly not like the best double game week for clean sheets. Yeah. But here's the thing. You can easily take a player that will, that will get like a 65% chance of getting it, getting five points is pretty darn good. And so compare that to if you were just to go for a single game week, like Minnesota or something like that, that's only a 34% chance. That's, that's what uh, a difference in, like two expected points or something like that. So if you think that a Minnesota defender is going to get two more point, like two, like two more bonus points than another player, then go for them. But otherwise you probably should go for something that's pretty high on the clean sheet side of things. So that's, it, it's a caveat. Like I'm not clean sheet hunting, but I'm still shading my picks towards those ones. Sure. Um, so anyways, long story on that one. Uh, I'm going to try to do, this is a, 
kind of a preview of my switcheroo. I'm going to try to stick to a New York City keeper, um, see how they do, and then switch over to uh, Romero from LAFC. And because I think LAFC has got a really good defense and they've got the best chances of actually getting something this, this week. Uh, so that's the goalkeepers. And then on the back line, I've got Sekulich from Chicago. Again, Kapelhoff being out makes me a little bit less, a little bit more down on them. But even if you take out their clean sheet chances, like they, they've got okay um, clean sheet chances this week. And um, Sekulich is just a point monster. So, <laughs> and he's on the wing as well. So it's, it's a, yep. um, he has a lot better attacking chances and, uh, DC is not a not a fun trip for them, but or not a fun uh, uh, team for them to host. But Toronto might uh, be a little bit more flexible on the defensive side. Uh, I got Levitz, um, another bonus point machine, uh, attacking potential. I'm also got Brooks Lennon. Uh, Atlanta actually has pretty yeah. decent clean chances. He uh, clean clean chances this week, and he just he's everywhere uh, for Atlanta. Yeah. So set pieces as well, I think. For them? Yeah, he's been on set pieces when he plays on that wing, and he's been playing there since they've been missing everybody. So that's where yeah. he was this week. I would expect <laughs> him to stay there. So even if Atlanta doesn't do particularly well, he should yeah. get a solid. He, he, there's, I feel like there's almost no way he gets less than four points, um, which hopefully you should get more on a double game week. But uh, Kim Moon Wan, looking at him, and then um, I forgot his first name, but Jones from. Uh, New England. New England. Yeah. I think he's been getting more points than Brandon by recently. So I'm, I'm yeah, but he's the one that picked up an injury in the last game. Oh, I should listen yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not sure if he'll go double. Yeah. The thing with, if he has a knock. So just well, at the moment I have five defenders. So maybe one of them will turn into a scrum. There I we go. Fer- I think Farrell's actually second best uh, defender for them right now. Yeah. He's been a big, uh, Farrell has. Let's say 20 bonus points total on the season. All of them are defensive oh, okay. bonus points. So yeah. yeah. Brandon by just squeaked by in the second last week. So now he has 66 total points and Jones has 65. So it's a tight race over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty close in my stats. I, I expect Brandon by to get around five points a game and Farrell to get about 4.8. So it's a, pretty much a wash. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at some of the players who generate bonus points, uh, Jack Elliott is actually at the top. Uh, he's earned, mm-hmm. he's generated 26 bonus points this year. Uh, all of those defensive, as well. Um, Duncan is is up there. He has a one attacking point in there. As far as defenders who generate attacking bonus points, uh, Brooks Lennon is the top of that list. He's got <laughs> 25 25 bonus points this season. 20 of those have come from uh, the offensive side. Next is Lovitz, who has got 22 bonus points total of the season uh, with 13 of those coming on the offensive side. So um, those wingbacks, way to be. Yep. Uh, a couple of names I, I'll throw out there. Again, I'm, I'm also not up high on, on the keeperoo. Um, room's probably the one you'd want to have if, if you're going to go with that. Um, but uh, Barraza for New York City is someone I'm looking at as a potential goalkeeper. Uh, then on the defensive side, you guys have already mentioned a lot of the names, so just a couple of other ones. Uh, I also like Callens for this week. I am a huge Tinner Holm fan, but the thing that I would add about Tinner Holm is that he just he seemed to be in a slump, and he's not really hitting it and making those getting those offensive generation like he has in the past, and so that's why Callens uh, is standing out to me. Um, 
everything Blaine has said about sporting Kansas city makes any sporting Kansas city recommendation I have kind of questionable, but, but I was also looking at Fontas as well. Um, but, but I'm just unsure. And then I don't know, a flyer, maybe Herrera for, yeah, for Real like Salt Herrera. Lake. Um, they've got a double home game. He, he tends to get some bonus points. Uh, he's pretty decent. So I don't know, just kind of a flyer out there for people just looking for some different options. I, I'll, I'll add one more thing on the clean sheet. Um, again, we probably talk about switchers later, but on the keeper side, if you go from New York City, which I have as a 45% chance of a clean sheet, and you just wait until they're done with their game now, okay, we, we all saw how that went last week. But presuming that no game is delayed, <laughs> yeah, uh, you take the NYC game and, uh, and then you tack on the LAFC game if, if, um, yeah. if they don't do that. You go from a 65% chance for the LFC plus 45% chance for NYC that one game, you end up with like an 80% chance of getting a clean sheet from your keeper that week. So, oh, that's good. Yes. That's, I like that's that. That's four points expected. Like, that's pretty good. So, I always, if you could do a keeper for a keeper, that is like the best place to do, to do that mm-hmm. because they don't really get much for bonus points. <laughs> no, they don't. I mean, it, the the bread and butter stat for a, a goalkeeper it, from like not that's not a save or that's what's the yeah. answer. it's it's actually recoveries so yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a weird one it's a super Good weird luck. one to, yeah exactly exactly Ryan, so no I'm gonna do that right now Ryan. because I like that I like that a lot Ryan and I, I love it but we just got a comment in chat saying stay away from Barraza he's terrible okay, okay. Um, no, there you go. yeah um and and I look at the eye test like New York City I get what you're saying I I love the stats. But we just saw Montreal drop five on a team. Yeah. I mean, and it's insane. On, on, on a team that does not have a defense anywhere close to. But Montreal has put up goals on everybody this year. And Montreal is <laughs> capable of putting up a lot of goals very quickly, even with their absences. And that I think that might be the more impressive part is they did it with Kyoto out. They did it with Toy and some of the other guys. They didn't do it with their full first line. I don't care. You put five on somebody. That's a statement game. And then the second game for New York City is Orlando, which is one of those pseudo rivalries that came into the league at the same time. Those two fan bases hate each other. Um, but you're looking at Nani and Tesho and Michelle and Pereira. Yeah. Like you've got a ton of names. Well, that's, yeah, that's why like, I wouldn't use the second game. I would just use yeah. the first game. That's yeah. And even then, though, yeah. Montreal has scored. Like, I'm looking at the eye test. I yeah. don't see them keeping a clean sheet in either one just because of the teams they're playing and the chances they create. So the, the question is, out of the 630 games, which team has the best clean sheet chance? And then you plug that player in as your bench, and then you pick somebody from the late games for the uh, that has a decent two-game chance, and then you plug them into the starter spot. If, yeah. if they don't, if they fail at the, at the bench. So that's, that's my strategy, at least for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you can make a really strong case for Knighton on that one. And then sure. overall, I think you got a really strong yeah. case for Willis as well as a, you want to take him early against Columbus. I know Columbus is hot, but that's just a, like there, there's a, there's yeah. a lot you can do with this. That's yeah. why I tend to say, just pick somebody Tuesday night. Marge has probably got a good shot. Um, I don't know. Vancouver's backup keeper could be cheap. And that maybe you just want to go with the cheap option there and hope Houston doesn't yeah. score. And then roll back to your primary keeper, pick one keeper for the week and just grab one of those Tuesday night guys and hope for the best. Funny, funny thing, Houston and Vancouver have the exact same clean sheet chances in that game. 
That's funny. <laughs> What's the percentage on it? 27. 27. So, okay. you know, not terrible, but not amazing yep. either. Let's move on to our midfielder picks. That's some good conversation there. Ashley, who are you looking at? Um, I, Heel. Do we need to say that one anymore? Heel. Um, There's some questions this week, so. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Heel, I'm definitely not rotating Mukhtar yet. Um, these lineups don't scare me away from him. Uh, I was able to watch the Toronto game, and we had some discussion, and I think I saw some on Discord, too, about pause or Soteldo, pause or Soteldo, and they both looked great to me on the eye test for what translates to fantasy. Um, but I'm going to think I might go with Soteldo this week. Um, don't hold me to it, but I think I think I'm leaning that way instead. Um, I'm also looking at Krylak. I like the RSL lineups. We haven't really talked about that yet. Besides the Herrera shout, um, I do like the RSL games this week. Um, and then I'm going back and forth between Zella and Madron. Um, I think that Madron might do well at home for those two Chicago games. Like I said, I tend to just avoid Chicago and say shoot when I miss out on the points but um I I'm I'm considering him or Zella as bench players this week all right uh Ryan who do you have uh Mr. Heel uh I got Mukhtar as well and then I'm going a little bit different I'm going Gressel I like DC is really starting to move up my rankings um let me go check to see what their offense is like um yeah they're top 10 offense top third of the league in that uh side of thing better defense but you know that's what kind of what we expect of dc yeah. uh but i thought that they had some okay mashup mashups matchup this week mm-hmm. uh and gressel is just super involved as usual and so i expect some bonus points from him i expect that maybe he gets an assist or a goal and uh hopefully just get a solid eight or more out of him there and then I was going to say Blaine looks concerned there for a second, but he was yawning. Okay. All right. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then I'm going uh, at the moment, I'm going JP uh, Joao Paulo from Seattle. Uh, I do not think Austin has that good of a defense from what I remember. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bottom, bottom third of the league on that yeah. side. And Casey does have a, a decent defense, but um, with his bonus point production, uh, it's it's hard to avoid him. I guess at this point, um, yeah. he's just he's just too good at that. And then uh, Madron is going to be my last one. Uh, he's got bonus points. He's got attacking potential, despite being a defensive midfielder somehow, yeah. and he's just amazing. So he's he's slotting in there too. And note from chat, Madron, as long as he is playing the number 10 spot. So, yes. Sorry, uh, I should okay. have caveated that. That's my bad. Blaine, who do you have? Yeah, uh, quite a few of the same. I mean, Heel and Mukhtar are your two top top guys this week. I think in the current form, and until we see him drop off, you kind of got to keep them there. Um, I threw Lucho and Zella in there as well. I just, it's, it's a largely matchup dependent, and I'm picking on Atlanta again. I just mm-hmm. I, I think Lucho at home against his Atlanta defense, he's gonna get work done. Everything goes through him. This is where you can get a good solid score to start the week off or start the Champions League off. I just I, I think it's a safe play. Zell is the same way. He's been in form lately. Things are working better through him. 
His scores are there. Two games with the second one being Atlanta. I'll take that chance on him. I'm kind of torn on my last spot because I think there are a lot of good options this week. Um, Krylock's probably the leading candidate for that fifth spot because it's LA Galaxy. I would fall on Sateldo's side of the Sateldo pause discussion. I just I think his movement is translating to a few extra bonus points a game, and his scores when they're both out there have been consistently stronger. Um, Gressel's another one. I like DC. Gressel's involved in so much, takes set pieces. He getting forward from that wing back position. He is listed as a midfielder, but he gets just a ton of work in. And honestly, I think midfielders benefit when they play that fullback role and still get to attack. Zussi was that same way when he was playing out of position back. They're picking up defensive bonus points that midfielders like that normally don't get because they're tasked to do it. And if you're getting your normal complement of attacking bonus points and you pick up one or two defensive ones, that pushes you ahead. The other guy who's got a red dot, but I believe he played last week, is Montiero. I he didn't play. He had yellow card accumulation. Oh, he I had thought. yellow card. Okay, but he's he's one of those guys that he's not gone. I think this week it's not the greatest matchups, but I think he's got to be in the conversation with the way the team's been playing. Is he going? I think he's still red dotted from the yellow card accumulation. Did he go to the Olympics? Is he going to the Olympics? We'll find out. Check back with us later. We'll find out. He's on my rotation <laughs> list. He's on that, that yeah. kind of last last view. Do I want to see if I can get him in? They play early enough. Where do they play? Yeah, tweet oh, that. They play Thursday. Put that on Twitter, and I'll retweet it to get that to get that out there. So we'll get that covered. Yeah, we'll find out if he's if he's there. But he was on my he was on my short list to make it. But that last spot really is safely Gressel, Krylock, and Sateldo, and I'm leaning towards Krylock on that one. Yeah, you guys have a lot of the the main ones as well. Uh, Heel Mukhtar Madron, I think, are some of the top top three choices. I come down on Rusnak and I come down on Pozuelo with with this conversation here, and, I, and I'll tell you why that is. Uh, we have some legitimate conversation in chat right now about uh, how much time Paz will play, and that's and that's definitely a factor everyone will have to weigh. But when you look at it. Uh, Paz has one fewer game than Soteldo and he has uh, fewer minutes than Soteldo and he's been able to generate more key passes and more big chances than Soteldo as well has a higher points per game. And I was pointing out in chat that he's passing those, he's getting all those point generations by sending the ball to Soteldo, which is fine. So give me the guy who's going to be getting the bonus points and the guy who's not scoring the goals, but he gets the ball is, is just fine. Um, so I come on to pause for the bonus point generation that he has with this, but again, very valid, some concerns about fitness for this double game. Um, but I still, I'm feeling, I, I come down on, on Pozuelo for, for Rusnak. It's, it's almost the opposite of what I just told you. It's um, Krylik is getting the better points. He's getting more consistent goals and assists, but Rusnak is starting to take some of those set pieces again. He has more key passes, more big chances created. Uh, so he is starting to be on the uptick in that bonus point generation. And uh, I think that's what's going to come through. I mean, his, his attacking bonus points are also actually are higher, but it is Krylik who's been getting the goals. And I mean, that raw points from goals will outpace some of those bonus points if the goals are consistent, which questions around that, how sustainable is that? So yeah. I'm falling. That's why I'm falling onto Rusnak as well. I love Blaine's uh, Acosta pick with Cincinnati. I think it's, 
that's that and he and Cameron are the two pieces that have helped the most with Cincinnati uh, and some of their uptick to not be at the bottom, as Ryan was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he would definitely be a bench play if you want to look at that. Zell is another good call. He he got the goal last week. I know, again, Ashley and I had talked about this in our chat, how uh, New York City gave fits to New England. And so mm-hmm. I had a concern, and I think it caused Ashley not to pick him. Um, I had a concern of what kind of fits could they give Zella as well if they were able to do that against New England. He did get a goal. He got to get eight points total. So Yeah, but uh, it was a set piece. But it was a set piece. Not to take away. It was beautiful, but you have to look at Zella and see how many of his goals are from set pieces. Exactly. But he is playing at the top with Zardes yeah. gone, so uh, you'll have a couple of chances, and I think you would be right. You're, you're banking on that second game mostly with yeah. him without Nashville's doing so. Uh, love the Gressel pick. They did slot in Columbus. Did slot in. Um, I know they just picked up Hurtado. He hasn't started yet, um, but they did slot in Barry as a, as a Zardes replacement this week. Which mm. I really like Zella if he's in that false nine. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, if if they put Barry or Hurtado up top instead, uh, he'll work well off Hurtado. I know how Hurtado plays. That would that will facilitate the midfield a little bit. He hasn't started yet since they yeah. signed him from if Montreal. It, so I don't know. Though, I really will. like it. I like Zella behind sure. him. Quick question before we move on. Uh, we had a question about Nani, and that wasn't he was not mentioned by any of us. Does anybody have a solid Nani opinion before we go on to forwards? Way I mean, over I'm Nani. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, so they are at home against Philly, who doesn't is free still out. I mean, he's not Andre Blake, but is he? And are we still third string keeper in Philly this week? I think we are. I, I think, think that freeze red card, right, is a is a two game. Um, I don't know if it's a two so, or a one. Usually those are ones. Yeah, it should just be a single game. Okay. Still, I, you're, that's a good point, whoever asked that. They're at home. Philly's not been keeping the shutouts that they have been. Um, and then they go to NYCFC, which, like, you said Blaine is a pretty is a pretty decent rivalry um so I mean I think he's a decent shout he's just not someone that makes my my list this week I I mean I couldn't see him walking away from either of those games with just minutes played but he's also been getting rotated this season a little bit Uh for reasons that aren't super clear to, to us at least so um I worry a little bit about him for rotation and then there's just matchups that I like better than those two matches. But I think if, if you have Nani in your team, that's a great shout. Yeah. I, I'll circle this background that that's something Reed said too, but Nani was on my radar to start the week, but I looked at those matchups. I like Philly's defense too much. I don't think yeah. that's a good enough shout. Yeah. And then going to New York city is that rotation here. Um, What's it going to do in that small stadium? You can get closed down. Um, those games are known to get a little rough. You get on that smaller field, and it gets a little rough. Nani gets clipped a couple of times. He may come out. He, and I just – somebody in chat just said um, – Cameron just said, Nani's going to hit the wall. He hits every season. <laughs> like, that's not yeah. a bad way to put it. Nani, uh, yeah. Nani just disappears from time to time in MLS. Mm-hmm. I, I like Nani. He's got to be on your list. But the other names I had, I think, have yeah. more potential and better matchup. I like Zella yeah. game two against Atlanta. I like yeah. Rylock versus LA Galaxy more than I like any of Nani's matchups. Like, if you're going to 
if you're going to gamble on a game, if you're going to go with a game like that, I'm going to take Krylock getting a goal and an assist against LA Galaxy before I take Nani. And that's to read the circle back to yours. I love what you said about Rusnak. And I think if we were later in the Champions League and you're in the top 50, that's when you start looking at Rusnak to get the consistent points and not lose ground, take the safety net. Early on, I'm going to take the guy who's scoring goals and assists. I just, he's there. Same way with Soteldo. I think you want the facilitator, but I don't think we're putting the Toronto pair up high enough to where you can take Paz like you used to, like he's Ladero or Heel yeah. in their prime. He's not your eight, nine, 10 point guy. He's your five, six, seven point guy. Sure. Where if Soteldo gets a couple of bonus points and an assist, he's already matched that. Well, if he gets a goal, he's he's, ex- he's exceeded that. I think you're taking the ceiling guys a little bit more with Krylock and Soteldo, especially yeah. to start the Champions League. Now, if we yeah. were in the last week of the round and you're trying to maintain your spot, yeah, take the safe points. Don't lose yeah. any ground. Somebody may get a couple more points on you, but your whole goal is not to fall off the path. But early on, go for the points. Yeah, the I in a very rudimentary version of my player points projection model. Um, Jefferson Soteldo is really low because he doesn't get any bonus points. And he has been overperforming his expected goals and assists just like crazy as far as I can, I think. Yeah. He's only supposed to get like a quarter of a goal and assist per game versus Pozuelo actually has a higher XG and XJ, XA than um, Soteldo does. And so my expected points for Soteldo is like four points per game, whereas Pazuelo is seven points per game. So that's a massive difference. And so I would never, I wouldn't even consider Soteldo this game because I, I just think he's way overperforming. Whereas Pazuelo, I didn't really consider him because um, yeah. sometimes I forget about players who haven't been playing a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but he's up there. He's really is up there in, in, in my rankings, as you guys mentioned him. Yeah. And but Nani is like Nani's good, but Chris Mueller has like the same XG as he does. Or, yeah, but uh, Chris Mueller's not starting. That's he's, that's the he's thing. Not like, starting that's the a question. Lot. And Nani is getting his XG a lot of it from penalties, I think. Yeah. Because they've had sure. several this year. Yeah. I had a question um, about uh, Minnesota players just now. Yeah. Maybe Fragapane, were you impressed by that game, Ryan, that they played against Seattle though? To want to go on there with a single game week so i made a deal with someone uh in draft league (laughs) (laughs) named blaine uh we made a swap i actually uh i actually got rid of fragapane because i am concerned that he's way overperforming so i do not think that he is no um (sighs) i i don't think he's going to be as good as Reynoso in the long run um, let's put it that way. So I, I think Frega Payne had some really good games. He takes some corner kicks, which is good, I guess. Um, but I don't think he's going to have the same ceiling as other people do, which, I mean, your own opinion is your own opinion. But I, <coughs> the midfielder to take, in my opinion, is still Ray. That's, that's the way that I'd go. I'd also but like I wouldn't take, just... I wouldn't take a single league midfielder in this yeah i would like to say that i don't think portland versus minnesota is worth anybody's time on a double game week like this if i'm I'm wrong minnesota it's fine but 
definitely. I, I'm a big fan of valuing single game week players during double game yeah. weeks, but not in a week like this when yeah. everybody's in a double game. When it's more a handful of guys, yeah, five or six teams are playing a double. Yeah, definitely look at the singles. For something like this, it's, it's yeah. just get double game all the way. Use yep. your auto ruse this week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let your auto ruse use you. Ooh. Portland and Portland's too good of a too good of a defense when they're on. I won't say they're good all the time, but when Portland's yeah. on, they're on. And this is a this is a shutout waiting to happen. Well, Mora came out injured. Let's remember that. Yeah. Um, in this last game. I see Tyler say Debassi. I think that's like the most decent Minnesota shout you could have. But yeah, when Portland's on. They're on, but I don't know how much the, how much of that offense they have. They did rest a lot this week, so like Valeri yeah. started on the bench and stuff. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's interesting to say that the Portland defense is on when they're on. When I have them as the fourth worst defense in the league. No, I I <laughs> meant <laughs> offense. Did you mean defense playing? I meant their offense. Yeah, when, when the, like when that defense is on, they can do a lot of damage. Yeah, but they're not on enough. But. I'm not willing to take a single game week team against a defense that's yeah. known to yeah. just step up and do that. I mean, yeah. Bobby Alla, Tui Loma come up and draft a lot. Uh, Cascante's out there. We've got a lot of guys sure. that we've picked on for draft because yeah. we got to fill in teams. But Portland guys are getting decent returns every so often. It's just, yeah. This mm. this will be the game they step up if you go heavy in on Minnesota's attack. I just I don't <laughs> think I think they're too streaky of a team to bet against safely when you only get one game. Now, yeah, if Minnesota yeah. was playing two games, sure, you take it and you take your risk, but you don't yeah. you don't gamble that on one game. Take two bites at the apple where you can. Yeah, some and good conversation. Offense is, is really good, in my opinion, too. So, yeah. This is some good conversation, but we need to move on to forwards now. Uh, yep. Uh, Ryan, who do you like? Well, uh, I am, like I said, Vail is back, so he's got to be in yep. my team. LAFC, or excuse me, Portland and Vancouver. Um, I just said Portland has, like, in my opinion, the fourth worst defense in the league. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking LFC against them. And then Vancouver yeah. is down there as well somewhere. Yeah, they're bottom third defense. So, um, yeah, I got to take him. I considered Rossi, but I'm thinking instead of moving to Johnny Russell, uh, he has been really underperforming this year. And I'm he's got to hit at some point. I mean, okay, that's the, like, the gambler's gambler's fallacy. fallacy there, but he's he's just been way underperforming. He really should have more points by now, and uh, I think San Jose and uh, a hopefully tired Seattle are um, a oh, couple yeah. good opportunities for him. Uh, depending on whether he gets enough minutes, that's the question with Russell because he subs out uh, for double game week sometimes. So, yeah, and then Rudy is. I've got Rudy's on my team. Um, Austin and Casey. Uh, it, it's just really hard to bet against Ray Diaz because he's got the highest uh, XG in the league. So it's just like, got to take the goal scorers, especially in a yeah. double game week when you get two shots at it. Uh, I don't think he's been subbing out much either. So he can't. Happy, There's no other striker. <laughs> he can't. Okay. All right. Bill Burns, <laughs> 90 minutes. Or, yeah. He subbed out one game at the 89th minute. So he's playing he both games, pissed. probably. Uh, and yeah, you just can't bet against a, a forward who's the best scorer in the league and is playing 90 minutes. Like there's just no excuse to not have him. So I will <laughs> warn you, 
just because I care for your point value, Ryan. There's an excuse um, to have him. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> Seattle did do hardship signings and brought up a lot of kids. Gotcha. From the S2 and not a lot, three. And typical Schmetzer tradition, that means that they're going to start the midweek game and then he'll bring out the regular lineup okay. for the home game. So I would definitely pay attention to that if you're going yeah. Rui Diaz, because for as great as he is, he can't do it alone. He's not mm-hmm. one of those guys. He does need someone to play off of and to come and get the ball, you know. Um, that's the last so, game of the – Yeah, the you pretty much screwed then. First one. Yeah. So I, I would anticipate some rotation for the Austin game, and then you'd have to bank on him for at-home against SKC, who, yeah, which I think is a better a great, defense. So, not a great matchup. <laughs> pay attention to it. If you look at the lineup for Seattle and you see, like, four names you don't know, pull him. Yeah, actually, we expect you to be camping at the airport to see who gets on the plane. Okay. I think they're not even coming home, so I'll just watch Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blaine, who do you have? Um, well, that changes a little bit of mine, but I had Bella, Bo, and Rui Diaz this week. Um, I, if I stick with Rui Diaz to that point and I see that they do that, throw it, throw caution to the wind, play the kids, um, I may go over to Dominguez for Austin. I think that is – if they're going to rotate that heavily, if they're at Ariaga, given the way that mm-hmm. plays, I think Dominguez will find space behind. It's going to be Rowe, I think, at right back. I think that's who's starting over there with Alex Roldan gone. No. Like, unless – yeah. So, I could see Dominguez being your fallback there, and I wouldn't shy away from that this week for a one-off but I would make that the bench play. But Rui Diaz was a bench play for me anyway this week. Yeah. I I get it. I get what's going on. There is some rotation. I like it. But I'm probably running both Bo and Rui Diaz on the bench. I just don't know that I trust these forwards more than I trust my midfielders. Yeah. That's my thing. He's sure. on a double game week. I'll take the floor for the midfielders, and I'll start four midfielders and and one one forward. Yeah. And let my bench decide, let the bench auto rude decide who's going where. But I really like Bo. I think he's got one of the best ceilings for a forward this week. And then Rui Diaz is the other guy. Yeah. Ashley. Obviously, I like Bella. I'm also looking at Bo. And then I see it in chat a lot. I'm not afraid to pick up Yosef. I think that depending on who is starting with him, um, and angry Yosef is someone I will always bet on always. So I'm, I'm going to pay attention to it. I, I do hate to tinker, but he might end up being my bench striker depending. Um, but the safer choice for me is going to be um, either probably Salway. Uh, I, I always worry with Russell mm-hmm. about rotation. He tends to get it more than, than the rest for SKC. Um, and with the stuff that Blaine said about, he didn't use the word COVID protocol, but that's what I'm going to call it. Um, mm. I'm definitely paying attention to that SKC lineup as well without Busio, without Polito. Um, and if that COVID protocol with Vermees and whomever else um, comes into play for the first game, then I might scrap him too. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm in agreement. Uh, Velabo, I was looking at a sporting Kansas City forward. I had Russell, but now I'm concerned as well. Uh, the Rui Diaz would have been my fallback, but I'm worried about that. I just don't like that that lineup. Uh, J-Mart, I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, so what I'll probably end up doing is just making the forward be one of my scrubs to to be able to activate some, some auto ruse. So yeah, that might be the easiest easiest way here because I 
I'd rather bet on on midfielders than than forwards for points and for goals and bonus points. Um, so maybe one defender, one midfielder is what I'll do, and see what I can do with the, with the bench um, and go from there. But yeah. Yeah, that's those are at least those two. I think we're we've seen a lot of people who are doubling up. Do you want to double up on LAFC? I mean, yeah, I don't tend to double up on forwards. I know some people are going Rossi. You can you can do that if you want to yeah. go. Some people are doubling up on Shallowy and Russell. That that seems really risky yeah. if you want to go Buxabo. Go that Buxabo. Yeah, if you yeah. want to try that. So, um, but yeah, I don't know whatever whatever works for you. I, this might be a two forward round for me though. So since there's a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, any switcheroo options you guys want to mention? I know we've sort of peppered some of these throughout our conversation, yeah. but just just free for all. Anybody else want to mention yeah. some switcheroos? I like Sefuentes from LAFC. I know we're always pro Atuesta, and I I'm not not, but he seems to be like a five or bust, and like the bust is at, like he only gets five points. Um, Sefuentes is really sliding into a more attacking role with them. Mm. Um, I know it's two road games that don't laugh at me, but I'm also really considering Maxi and Rudy. They have two great matchups, even though they're both road games and he's producing goals or assists in like seven of his last games. Um, he just tends to produce, but the oh, two road games makes me hesitate. I would only ever use him as a bench player. Um, and then I think it's worth giving Medina or Maxi a shout as a, as a bench player. Um, I'm, saying bench player instead of switcher because i i know that blame people say don't don't do switchers this week but um if you do i think that those are some decent bench shouts um as, mm-hmm. as guys you might not want to start just to see how they produce yeah this is a don't do your switcheroos no, right. so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you pick your you pick your three most volatile scores that you think are not going to hit your three guys you're least certain about from your attacking core and you put them on the bench, and you take the two highest scores at the end of the round. Uh, for me yep. right now, that's Krylock, Bo, and Rui Diaz. I think those are the yep. most have the most variance, and and it's there. Um, the way these go with Rui Diaz being in the last game, it gets really really tough. Um, Krylock is early or is, none of these are early enough, so I can't really do a whole lot. If you see one guy for sure hit early. I mean, there, there is that idea that you pick the early game. So maybe you throw, if you're going to go with Lille, you throw Lille on the bench. Or if you're not sure about uh, Zella, you throw Zella on the bench for a 630 game. You throw Bo on there for another 630 game. You throw Soteldo on there for your third 630 game. If all three of those guys hit, you go scrub your last guy. If it's Rui Diaz that you've got in there for the second game, you may yeah. go, oh, hit, I'm scrubbing Rui Diaz. I'm done. I'm going to take those three bench scores because they're too good. I don't want to yeah. lose one of them. Yeah, I mean, you you stack you stack your lineup that way. If you're gonna do your switcheroos, you're just gonna basically be scrubbing out somebody who played early. But you either do that or you put your your volatile scores. I don't trust Rui Diaz. I don't trust the rotation. He's known for getting some twos and threes. This first mm-hmm. game is really enticing, but he's playing double road or he's the road and home. But it's SKC on the second one. I just don't know. I could see him putting up a 14 in one of these games. I could also see him getting a two and a three this week. And I just don't want to risk it. So he's going on my bench if I have him because it's that. Yeah. You're, you're kind of hedging your bets here. I think you're throwing money away when you try to do, get cute with switcheroos here. You can throw a Houston or a Vancouver guy on your bench, but then you're just, when they don't hit, you're going to be doing that. I think the only time this really gets valid is if you're short on money, 
then you start looking for some of these other guys like a Medina or a Buxa who is a little bit cheaper that you can then put on your bench. But I think at the same point, you're still doing an auto rue on that. And there are times where I would say you might be better off not trying to fill your bench and just put three guys there, put three scrubs out or two, whatever it is, put two guys out there, put one scrub out and take, take that, but just spend your money on the big names that you need and go with that. Because I've all, every time I've tried to switch a rule on a big double game week, I've gotten burned and I've left two to $3 million on my bench. That's just been wasted. And then somebody else I liked better that I was going to com- let compete for scores has done better. All right. Well, let's wrap everything up with captains. Blaine, who do you have? Uh, it's on heel again. Um, Miami is that bad. And that's the opening game and Montreal for as good as they are. Montreal can give up goals. They just gave up four to Cincinnati. This will be in <laughs> new England. It's I, I'm daring somebody to prove me wrong, but I think you, you still go with him. Although <clears throat> I did look through hosts league read just because I was curious and we had about two thirds of the league on um, heel, but the other third was on Vela. People are starting to captain Vela a little bit more. So I don't think you can not go with his name, but I I really like the Miami and Montreal matchups for heel a lot. Plus midfielders are more consistent. You're, you may not get that spike, but you're going to get the points in the long run. Ryan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> LAFC's definitely got, in my opinion, the better offensive matchups than heel. And I think, Vela is back, but it's really hard to argue with over nine and a half points of game from heel. Like he's got a hit on one of those, really. Uh, and he's uh, again from my rudimentary rankings. He's I expect him to make about ten. Or excuse me, uh, yeah, about eight point seven points per game. So just mildly overperforming. And Vela is about seven points per game at this point, with a smaller sample size for him, but. I think I got to keep it on heel, um, but Vela, it would be, I would say, a higher upside pick, which is hard to say against a guy who's got like 18 points one game or something, but it's it's still, uh, I think Vela's starting to get the upper hand on the upside things, but I'll, I'll stick with the safe pick to keep me in, hopefully in the top 50. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley who are you looking at? Sorry, I was laughing because Patrick said Breck Shea. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> you, know how, you know how I feel about Breck Shea. Um, I think that Heal has the best chance to continue in that bonus point production that we've seen from him in better games. But I think I've seen enough, and I'm going to go back to Vela. I, I think that either of those captains mm-hmm. – I'll put an article out. I think that either of those captain choices are a good call, I think – a lot of people are going to be enticed by the fact that Bella did Bella did better than heel for the first time this season and switch. Um, but I just like, like Ryan said, I like these LASC offensive matches too much. Um, I, I'm not going to captain Mukhtar because he got a hat trick. I think that that's really kind of trying to hump on the train. Um, I, I could understand why, why someone might, but, um, I think that that ship might have sailed. How many times has someone gotten a hat trick and then gotten a hat trick the next week? Someone have the stats for me? Zero, oh, probably, I would think. Um, I mean, maybe Thierry Henry back in the day, but I, I don't think that's ever happened. And if it has, I'm happy to hear about it. But I think that that's a little bit of a point grabbing. So for me, it's got to yeah. be Healer Vela. But I think I'm, I think I'm going back to Carlitos. 
Uh, for me, I have it on heel right now, but I totally get the Vela. Um, I'll think about that, but but I do have it on heel mostly because I, I do I do like those those double lineups, the Miami and then the Montreal. Um, yeah. So I do like it. So I have it on heel. But yeah, definitely, this will be a good article this week. He said won't be one of the options this week. Yeah, actually, you don't know that. You don't know that. That's true. That's true. You don't have to worry about back-to-back hat tricks this week. Mukhtar's not getting a hat trick against Columbus. It's the second game no. against Cincinnati. I mean, every other game can happen. Sure, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Has that happened two out of three? Probably. Somewhere. Yosef someday, maybe. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. We're going to wrap everything up with our plugs. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, follow me at MLS Fantasy Stats, and I am close to getting my weekly player projections built. So Ooh, fun, fun. Um, we have enough data to actually start using them, and I have relatively enough time to actually work on them now. So um, <laughs> using a new database system, and so I have to go back and redo all my work that I did before, but uh, it's uh, it, it's getting there, and uh, hopefully that'll be something I can put out each week now. Um, won't have a website yet, but um, at least I can put out the top players and, <coughs> and ask me questions about individual players if you like from there. So Maybe we can work something out for hosting. Maybe. We'll see. Blaine, how about you? Uh, just the, the Discord community. They're always so good. And Ranch, uh, Tyler Norman in chat, hit us up with it. Uh, yellow card, the big names anyway for this week that have yellow card warnings, which we missed. Our price for Colorado, Bradley, uh, Jose Martinez from Philadelphia, Duncan uh, with Red Bulls, uh, Wilson with Colorado, and Remetti. So those are a big yellow card accumulation, guys. I know Red Bull's defense has gotten a lot of play. Colorado defense has gotten some play. Uh, Jose Martinez, not so much. But Bradley is a pretty big part of that Toronto midfield. Just he kind of holds things together. And when he's not there, they tend to ship a few goals. Um, he just kind of solidifies things. And same with Price in Colorado. Those are two guys that kind of make the engines run. So that's some big yeah. yellow card accumulation warnings. Um, if you're banking on game two for any of these guys, uh, you may want to watch out on them. And thanks, Ranch, for getting that to us tonight. Ashley. Um, I would like to shout out DPs over coaches and all the fun drama that goes with watching those two things unfold. There we go. Exactly. And of course, myself, uh, everything that's involved with the MLS Fantasy Boss network of, of projects, uh, MLSFantasyBoss.com for the websites and articles that like what Ashley is putting out. The Discord community, again, MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord. If you want the easy way to join our Discord community, a fantastic community filled with some of the top players for the MLS fantasy game over the past several years. Uh, you can still head over to the Reddit subreddit, uh, but it's really moved over to discord now, but at r slash fantasy MLS is still around. And of course our amazing Patreon supporters, we would not be doing this without you. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. And uh, we're going to have round three starting again, get your team set soon. This, this starts tomorrow. It's, it's right here above us. So this is a, yeah. a crazy, crazy week. So don't get caught napping with that being said, good luck. Um.